This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. I'm going away from the Lord Jesus. I'm saying I will not have him as to be the God, and certainly not the God of my life. I'm not interested in following him. I'm not interested in obeying him. I'm, I'm walking away from him. Then I shub. I shub. I make an about face. And I'm going to him. I'm coming to him. I want to follow him. I want to obey him. I'm making tshuva. I'm about face. That's the Hebrew word for repentance. As I'm making this about face, I'm saying, I've been wrong. I've been so very wrong. I have the words of the prodigal son on my lips as I make that turnaround, as I say the words of Luke 15, 21, Luke 15, 21. I have sinned against heaven and am no more worthy. Without that repentance, there's no going to heaven. The Lord Jesus said in Luke 13, Three, Luke 13, three, and you can just picture him saying the word shub, tshuva. I tell you, nay, except ye shuv, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. So they say, the Jewish people are saying in Hosea 6, one, Hosea 6, one, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal us, he hath smitten, he will bind us up. They realize that God is the lion that's referred to in the previous chapter in Hosea 5.14. Hosea 5.14, I will be unto Ephraim as a lion and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, I even I will tear and go away. I will take and none shall rescue him. They see clearly that all their troubles have come from God, that God has afflicted them in love because God has a purpose and a goal in Hosea 5.15. Hosea 5.14, until they acknowledge their offense, seek my face, and their affliction they shall seek me early. He wants them to seek God so they can live eternally. See, when you read these verses, this verse in Hosea 6.1, you just, you just feel a confidence they have. They have an assurance. They're convinced God is going to heal us. 
They know that God has afflicted them, but now they're convinced that the Lord Jesus is the Jehovah Jesus of Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 15, 26. I am the Lord that healeth thee of Psalm 103.3, Psalm 103.3. He is the one who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases of Psalm 147.3, Psalm 147.3. He healeth the broken in heart. They know that Jehovah Jesus is the one who came for that purpose. Luke 9.56, Luke 9.56. The Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them, to save them. And at that point, they're like the brothers of Joseph who've made this transition. The brothers of Joseph who've made this transition because they've heard Joseph, the one they've sold into Egypt, the one that they were going to just leave in the pit to die of thirst, but then they sold him in Egypt. They thought he was gone. And now they're faced with him. They're faced with him. And now they've come to believe his words as he says to them in Genesis 50, verse 21. Genesis 50, 21. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and he spake kindly unto them. And then they say in Hosea 6.2, Hosea 6.2, they say, after two days he will he revive us and the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. It's interesting in this verse that they refer to two days. Two days as the time when they're not revived. Two days in the time they're dead. Two days before they're brought to life. Two days, like 2,000 years. It's been a long 2,000 years since the Jewish people made that fatal choice of John 1.11. John 1.11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. For 2,000 years, their decision has not changed of John 19.15. John 19.50, they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto him, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. And during those 2,000 years, Israel has been in the state, in the condition of Ezekiel 37, 1 and 2. Ezekiel 37, 1 and 2. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, they were very many in the open valley. And they were all very, very dry. Ezekiel 37.11. Ezekiel 37.11. Then said he unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried. Our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. And today, we're getting about to the end of those two days. We're about at the end of those 2,000 years. The Lord Jesus was crucified about 1,990 years ago. It's possible that maybe within the next 10 years, I'm not saying, two days are going to be up. The 2,000-year anniversary of the rejection of Jesus by the nation of Israel. And at the end of those 2,000 years, Hosea 6.2, Hosea 6.2, after two days, he will revive us. And the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. I don't know. It's possible. I'd say probable. Then in our lifetime, we're going to know Ezekiel 37.5. Ezekiel 37.5. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, 
I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Ezekiel 37, 12, Ezekiel 37, 12. We might see it. Ezekiel 37, 12. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves. O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and ye shall put my spirit in you, you shall live. I will place you in your own land, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. That's the third day of Hosea 6.2, Hosea 6.2. And in the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. They say, we shall live in his sight. The word sight there in Hebrew is penaim, it's the word face. We shall live in his live in his face. That means that they're going to look into the face of Jehovah Jesus. That's the Jewish people. That's the nation of Israel that's going to turn and look into the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they do, what's going to happen? 2 Corinthians 4.6 is going to happen. 2 Corinthians 4.6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And when they do, when they look and see in the face of Jesus Christ, they see the glory of God because he's God, and they're looking into his face, he's going to give them life. Life, just as he did with Jacob when Jacob wrestled with Jehovah Jesus that night, that Genesis 32 night, when Jacob's name was changed to Israel, And Jacob said to the angel, he thought, what's your name? And the angel, who was Jehovah Jesus, refused to tell him. It's a secret. He said it's a secret. Genesis 32 to 30, he knew, though. He knew whose face he looked in when he said in Genesis 32, 30, Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. My life is preserved. When the Jewish people turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, look in his face, they will experience this life preservation. What Paul experienced when he turned to the Lord in Acts 9.17, Acts 9.17, Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Like Paul, when the Jewish people turn to the Lord Jesus, they'll be like Paul, who was blind, and the scales dropped from his eyes, and Paul saw, and the Jewish people will see that Jesus is their God, and there will be this wonderful exchange from Zechariah 13.9, Zechariah 13.9, they shall call on my name, I will hear them, I will say, it's my people, they shall say, the Lord is my God. And when they turn to the Lord Jesus and call on his name as Jesus, as their God, the Lord Jesus will say to them, that's my people. And the Jewish people will say, the Lord Jesus is my God. And until that time, there's a veil. Until that time, there's a blinding veil. Until that time, their eyes cannot see. When they read the scriptures, it blocks them from seeing the Lord Jesus as their God. Nevertheless, 
when anyone, when any individual Jewish person turns to the Lord Jesus, that veil, gone, taken away. Just as it says in 2 Corinthians 3.14, 2 Corinthians 3.14, their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn, the heart, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. So they're encouraging each other to come to the Lord Jesus, and they're saying, get to know him. Learn of me, he said about himself. Learn of me, and they're saying, let's learn. Let's come to know, verse 6, Hosea 6, 3. Oh, sorry, verse 3. Hosea 6, 3, Hosea 6, 3. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. And actually, the better translation is, let's know, let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. So they're encouraging, they're encouraging to learn more about Jesus, more about Jesus. Get on that Paul road. Get on that life road that Paul was on, Philippians 3.7, Philippians 3.7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted laws for Christ. Doubtless I count all things but laws for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Philippians 3.10, Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's what eternal life is all about. This is life eternal, he said, John 17, 3, John 17, 3. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. If knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is so important, the important as heaven and hell and eternal life, how can a person be certain that he knows the Lord Jesus Christ? What does it mean to know the Lord Jesus Christ? It means I, you know, I know he's God, I know this. It means to know him, to know him as the lifter up of the head, the lifter up of the head. The picture of what it means to see self as a sinner before God, that picture is what we saw in the publican in Luke 18, 13, Luke 18, 13. The publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, smote his breast, said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He was so ashamed of his sin that he couldn't lift his head. His head was down. And to be in that state of shame for personal sin, then to know the Lord Jesus as the Psalm 3, 3, Psalm 3, 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. To know the Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Lift up the head, yes, but look at the cross because the cross is where your sin was done away with, dealt with. He lifts our head by showing us how he died for our sins, which is what we're going to do in a moment, the communion. That's what it means to know him. It means to know him as the friend, to know him as a friend. We're the friend who does what he commands to know him as the friend who obeys, that we are the friend who obeys. He said in John 15, 14, John 15, 14, ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. The reason that those many who called him Lord, Lord, were cast into hell is because they were not among those who, 
whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Matthew 7, 23, 7, 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. To know him this way is to know him as the sheep who knows the shepherd and follows the shepherd. John 10, 14, John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd, know my sheep, and am known of mine. John 10, 27, 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. To know him means to have a life that is characterized by a continual departing from sin, a continual walking away from sin. 2 Timothy 2.19, 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. To know him is to have a changed life. To know him is to have a changed life of 2 Corinthians 5.17, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Old things are passing away, passing, passing, dying, dying. New things are coming to life, being born, being born, being born. Old things are being attracted to sin and pursuing sin. Those are the old things. Those are dying. They're passing away. And the new things are being born and coming to life like a growing attraction to the Bible, like a growing attraction to prayer, like a growing attraction to doing his will, obeying his will. And knowing the Lord Jesus as a lifter up of the head, as the shepherd to follow, as the person to obey, as a person for whom you depart from sin and a changed life, it doesn't happen at one point in time. It's a life. It's a continual process. And that's what's being expressed in verse 3, Hosea 6.3, Hosea 6.3. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. It's a keep on going on to know the Lord. It's a keep on pressing on to know the Lord. It's a keep on fighting on against the distractions of sin, against the cares of this life that stand in the way of going forward with God more and more. And so these Jewish people are encouraging each other, come, because they say, his, his great about him is going forth as prepared as the morning, verse 3, Hosea 6, 3. His going forth is prepared as the morning. The Lord Jesus is described as the morning. You know, over the past year, I've had the wonderful privilege of being in the hospital nine times. Anyway, I've come to love one part of the hospital room. You know what that part is? The window. Not because I'm trying to jump out of it, but because the window is especially great in the morning. There's something very not so great about nighttime in the hospital. But the window, when the morning, when that light just comes streaming into the room, it's the light of the morning. It's kind of a great thing, you know. It says in Psalm 30, verse 5, Psalm 30, verse 5, his anger endures for a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. In the morning. And the Lord is described here as the morning, the morning that penetrates through, drives out the darkness, and brings hope. It's the morning because it brings the change from the darkness to the light. 
And these Jewish people are transitioning. They're going away from, they're leaving the, the, the life of going away from the Lord Jesus, darkness and night, to coming to the Lord Jesus morning, and the morning and the dawn. And they're encouraging each other. And they're saying in verse 3, in Hosea 6.3, Hosea 6.3, he shall come unto us as the rain, the latter and the former rain unto the earth. So they're saying to each other, look, if we do verse 1, come to the Lord Jesus, then verse 3, he will come to us. And his coming to us will be like the morning. It'll be like the rain that comes to the earth. And they talk. there's two rains that come to the earth. They talk about it here, the latter and the former rain. There's that first former rain, that rain that, that we just experienced it. That rain that comes in the Middle East around November. It's that rain that softens up the ground. Great time to go pull weeds. It softens up the ground. It makes the ground so soft and ready to receive the seed. And the Lord is the former rain. It softens up the ground. And then as the seed is germinating in there, the Lord is the latter rain. That's the rain that fills the fruit with the liquid and makes the fruit. And the Lord says, I'll, I'll be that. I'll be the former rain and the latter rain. I'll be that former rain that'll break up the hardness of the ground, like he said in Jeremiah 23, 29. Jeremiah 23, 29. It's not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. And then he gives them a soft heart in Ezekiel eleven nineteen. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I'll give them one heart. I'll put a new spirit within you. I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh and give them a heart of flesh. And then he's just the latter rain. The latter rain. April showers bring May flowers. He's the latter rain. It says in Deuteronomy eleven fourteen. Deuteronomy eleven fourteen. I'll give you the rain of your land in this due season. The first rain and the latter rain that thou mayest gather in thy corn, thy wine, and thine oil. The Lord's the latter rain. To us, he's the latter rain. Philippians 2.13, Philippians 2.13. God, he's the latter rain of God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. His good pleasure. So what have we seen? We've seen already this morning this wonderful three verses. The great transition for the Jewish people from going away from Christ to coming to Christ. We've been so privileged to hear them talk among themselves. This is a private conversation in these verses, and they're encouraging each other. They're saying, they're saying, let's go, let's go. They're talking Hebrews 13, 13 language, Hebrews 13, 13. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. We've heard them encourage one another, say, don't keep on going to follow the Lord. Don't turn back, don't turn back. Why not? Because of Hebrews 10:39, Hebrews 10:39. We are not of them who draw back under perdition, but of them with belief to the saving of the soul. And instead, they're saying to each other the words of Hebrews 10:19, Hebrews 10:19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. It's really a let's go, three verses. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these wonderful three verses, Lord, that teach us so much about the day that's coming, the two days that are over, the third day that's starting. Help us, Lord, to be those who go on with you. Help us, Lord, to appreciate how you died for us in this next communion time. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.